Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show is Mr. Emiliano Morales of UPT CrossFit, coming to you from Montreal, Quebec, our great neighbors to the north up in Canada. Emiliano, how are you today, sir? What's going on? Um, pretty good. You? I'm doing fantastically. I'm really excited to, to pick your brain on this and, and get a little bit of an inside look into UPT and, and how you go about operating this before we venture off on that journey. I'm a big believer in context. And so when you describe UPT, because CrossFit, there's a lot of artistic license from box yeah. to box in how you guys operate. How do you describe UPT CrossFit and what this gym is about? So we're, we're a gym that runs mainly through group classes um, where we do our best to have uh, qualified coaches that allow people to kind of get rid of that stigma that that has that CrossFit has where you're going to go do CrossFit and get injured. Right. Um, so we focus a lot on technique and we, we, we scale people back a lot, but we also offer on top of our CrossFit classes, we have Olympic weightlifting section that is both um, for people who just want to learn technique and people who are competitive weightlifters, I see. as well as we offer gymnastics classes for CrossFit where like where it's purely technical classes. So it's, it's different outlets for people to not just do workouts, but to actually learn the techniques that go into the sport of CrossFit and into simply like, like the fitness yeah. aspect of it and do it more effectively. Sure. And I think that's what really drove the success of CrossFit is the combination of so many modalities. We can really continually develop skills and, and further our fitness well not really getting bored, if you will. I don't know if that's the proper description oh, I want to give to it, but I think the novelty of this in that there's so many different paths that you can take allows for longevity in what is the sport of CrossFit or even simply using CrossFit as a means to what you said, better health, better movement, better physical attractiveness. Um, and, and so a lot of the time, as you described it, more reigning in, than pushing people focused on yeah. the technique um, and, and keeping people health and safety or healthy and safe. That's somewhat of an exception to the rule, at least as the national narrative of CrossFit yeah. comes about. I think it has a poor reputation and whether it's deserved or not, I think it has a poor reputation for getting people injured. You guys wanted to differentiate yourselves yeah. by going the opposite direction on that. Okay. Cool. That helps. And so Emiliano, take us back to when you got involved with this. I understand this business has been around for quite some time. When did the gym start and when did you get involved? So the, we're actually about to hit our 10 year anniversary Okay. Um, for, for UPT as a CrossFit affiliate. But we, um, so I started at the gym six years ago as an athlete. I was coming off of um, a varsity swimming career. Hmm. Um, I had just finished my degree. I was swimming and I need, and I hadn't been introduced to CrossFit by a, my strength and conditioning coach at McGill. And he, and so I already knew I wanted to be, I need another outlet once I stopped swimming and I already had, I was already a little bit involved with CrossFit. So I started training at UPT 
And then um, a year later, I started coaching. And, um, and I very quickly, due to like circumstances of changing of coaches and changing of staff, I very quickly started running the gym yeah. um, or taking over a lot of responsibilities. And so I was basically, I was there all the time um, anyways. And, um, and they offered me, the, the partners at the time offered me to buy in. And, and I said, absolutely. I'm already spending my whole life here. <laughs> I'm already here. I might as well. Exactly. So, so I, I bought in and, um, and well, ever since then I've been like yeah. officially running. Sure. And so it wasn't quite by design. It, it's more or less as fate would have it. Yeah. It brought you to the seat that you're in. Hundred percent. It was um like if you had asked me seven years ago if I thought this was where I I, I wouldn't have. I don't think this would would have. Been Absolutely right. not. <laughs> but yet here we are. So exactly. And then walk us through. I think I think individual perspective is important here. What's been your favorite part about being an owner of this gym, and then secondarily, what's been the most challenging part about being an owner of this gym? Um, so the thing I I like the most is that especially as um, cause when I bought in, I was pretty young. So as, um, a, as time has gone on, I've been able to shape it more and more into what I thought was the, the direction I wanted to be going. Um, and I've been really able to kind of like make it my own. Right. Um, and really go, go, well, the gym goes where I want it to go essentially. Yep. Um, I, I do have other partners, but, but they're very good at letting me kind of, um, operate as I see fit. That's important in a partnership. A hundred percent. And, but the most difficult thing is that when you're the owner and you're the operating partner, I'm, I'm on call at all times. Yeah. Um, like the, the, the phone gym directs to my cell phone. Yep. Um, so when, when I'm not there, I'm still answering the phone. I'm still, uh, I'm on call at all times. So it's, it's that uh, finding that kind of like work-life balance when, sure. especially with, um, with the pandemic, how we've kind of had to like, it's almost like we're restarting a new business every time we've been allowed to open. Yeah. And, and Quebec was hit harder than yeah. almost anywhere with yeah, restrictions, at least not yeah, necessarily with cases with restrictions. hundred percent. We, we got shut down fully three times. Right. Um, so every time we restarted, it was like starting the gym from scratch. Like we had our core members, but everybody else was like, it was starting from yeah. scratch. So it was like, you had to get back to hours of working a new business. Yeah. And so challenging part i'm sure many many people that listen to this podcast are gym owners themselves and they can resonate with everything routes through you right am i an owner yes of course am i also head janitor am i director of marketing am i head salesperson am i as at that same time yeah head coach a lot of these hats exactly. are worn by you and so a challenge, um, but also sort of a reflection of the best part of this, right? You get to mold it in your image because exactly. your hands are involved in so many things. And, and we can certainly explore the pros and cons and, and challenges of, of getting outside of that sort of whirlpool here as we go on. But at least for the time being, I want to pick your brain on, on the business as it stands today. You mentioned the idea of, of COVID, like we said, starting over a large portion of the membership every yeah. time you guys got the chance to reopen how do your membership numbers now compare to 2019 or so pre-covid um so i would say that our numbers are now back to pre-pandemic numbers okay optimistic uh, 
Yeah, no, that's very good. Um, I think the one area that we probably lost the most and we're slowly trying to get back is the personal training clients. I see. Um, personal training clients um, are definitely lower than they were pre-pandemic. Um, there's, the, there's the personal training clients that you guys had before, were they also members or are these separate from the membership? These are separate from the membership. Ah, uh, uh, okay. who, who just come in for privates. Um, and those, de- those numbers are definitely lower. Why do you think that is? Um, I think because it's, um, if, if, if your personal training, uh, because coach is no longer at the gym, then you'll, it's easier for you to find somebody else. Like we had to lose We lost a lot of our staff through the pandemic. Yeah. We couldn't keep them yeah. on. Um, so as, as we disperse, so did the PT clients. Um, and as, and with every way of the pandemic, there was a big turnaround in, in the, like our core members stayed the same, but everybody else who came around, um, um, there was definitely a big turnaround and there's a lot of new faces. And so there, you have to re like restart relationships. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And, and and the idea of staffing and and hiring and losing staff throughout the pandemic, that's a rabbit hole that could consume this entire interview. So we'll, we'll save that for a, a conversation for another day at least. Um, but as far as the rebuild, in terms of the general membership and in terms of, of personal training clients, what's been working for you guys from a marketing front to get people interested in joining you guys in the first place? Um, we post on Instagram. Okay. Uh, we post on Instagram and, um, and a lot of it is through word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're in a pretty central place in Montreal. So it's pretty convenient for a lot of people. Like we're pretty lucky in our space. Um, we've got a very, we've got a pretty large space um, and we're located um, not qu- not quite downtown, but basically we go through the intersection of the two main highways that cut through all of Montreal. Got it. So so we're pretty well located. Yep. So a lot so of location has has driven a lot of 100%. interest. You you mentioned word of mouth, and then sort of almost what's an extension of word of mouth these days being social media. Social media. It's so easy to like a post, to comment, to tag your friends, to to share. Yeah. It's, it is the, the word of mouth of 2022, yeah. if you will. And so that's a main driver for you guys. As of now, or at least up until now, has that been more the organic side, posting content, posting videos? Have you ventured into putting an advertising budget behind it? What's that look like? Um, we haven't. Right when we were heading in that direction, um, the pandemic hit. So everything's already ah, gotten... Understood, yeah. Um, and as we've tried to get, um, as we've tried to continue to like restart and regrow, um, that, that, that hasn't been so much a priority right now because it requires quite a large expense. Sure. And, and well, we have like two and a half years of, uh, of just scraping by. Yeah, no, Um, I think that's, that's an important point to keep in context here is that for a long time, this wasn't even able to collect any kind of revenue. That's it. We were, we were at zero for a good deal of time. And any sort of small business like this, with marketing or, or any investment that we think is going to grow the business, we've got to be pretty sure that there's an ROI on the back end to feel comfortable sending that money out, right? Exactly. And especially with like the fear of, will we get shut down again? Yeah. Like, well, will we invest all this money right now? And in six months, we're going to have no choice but to close because we're going to be forced to do it again. Right, right. 
let me pick your brain on this, Emiliano, because I know that there were some success stories, at least coming out of Canada, doing it well. Have you guys considered the idea of any sort of online or virtual aspect of this so, so that you are able to, to continue revenue services? So hopefully as long as we don't have another yeah. pandemic. Yeah, we, we did. Um, we did do online classes. Okay. We did online classes. And as of the second uh, closure, we also rented out equipment. Ah, okay. So That's people were able to train from home. Exactly. We because a lot of people were like, "Okay, you're sending out workouts, but I don't want to do burpees for six months." Um, so I don't either. <laughs> exactly right. So and a lot of people just don't don't have gym equipment. Um, so we rented out equipment bundles um, in exchange for people keeping their memberships. Yeah. Whether it be rowers, assault bikes, um, like some people even took barbells and plates if they had room for it. Wow. Um, dumbbells, kettlebells. Sure. Like we basically stripped the gym down to enough to keep like two to three people working out at the gym at a time. Um, because for a, for a certain period of the, we were allowed two people at a time. Um, so we could keep some sort of personal training clients at a time, yep. but, um, but we, but everything else got rented out. Like, um, and so, I mean, of course it, it seems silly to even address, but you can't change the, the politics of this. I can't change the politics of this. We have to do with what we have available. You guys were able to scrape by maintaining what you described as, as the core membership here. Yeah. Um, but as you look forward, I guess, assuming that you are able to operate with full capacity and, and no restrictions, is there a membership number that you guys are shooting for in the longer term? Is there, is there a goal to this? Um, I mean, right now we're roughly about 150 members okay. um, and w um, we'd like to get closer to, to roughly around 200. Okay. Is that, yeah, that's the sweet spot. Got it. Okay. And, and then I guess expand this out longer term for me, because I think this is a fun thought experiment, at least say you get to 200, say we get there end of the year. Yeah. What comes next? What's sort of the, the bigger term? bigger picture for um I, one of the things that i like doing the most is programming um i do a lot of um on top of the personal training clients and, and the classes i do a lot of personalized programs for for clients who want more um and who want to come in and, and do more they want to dedicate more time whether it be competitive or they have specific gymnastics goals or specific weightlifting goals like um i i do enjoy programming a lot and it would if the gym grew to a point where where the ball would just be rolling. I, I would very much like to um, sort of expand the market to which we sell programming to, like start. Um, ah, okay. An interesting revenue source that again, exactly. is probably not tied to physically being located in exactly. Montreal or, or elsewhere. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. That, that would, that would, I, is that I, something you guys are doing now? Um, yes. Like right now, a lot of the people it's on a, on a smaller scale, at least on a smaller scale, right? Like we'd like to expand that. We're also adding different classes. We're just starting, um, a, uh, more cardio muscular endurance class for, um, those who think, um, CrossFit is too intense, which fair enough. A lot of people sure feel that way and they each uh, their own. Yeah, exactly. So we're starting a new, like more cardio muscular endurance, still functional movements, but but taking away the high skill gymnastics and the heavy weightlifting. Um, sure. so, so we're expanding to a different market there than our mm -hmm. usual clientele. Yeah. So, so do you that, think you'll keep the affiliate name? 
Um, at least for the time being, yes. Um, is that sort of an interesting discussion amongst the CrossFit world, at least? It, it is 100%, um, and it's something to that we discuss. Uh, but for the time being, yes, because it still allows um, people to, like, look us up and immediately have a... Right, right, right. right. It, it's that's like through the search engine and just simply they look up gyms in our area or they look up people who are coming in who already did CrossFit or moving to Montreal or like CrossFit gyms in Montreal pop up right away. Yeah. And you've done 10 years of branding work to get to here. So that exactly. makes sense. Exactly. We've been in it for 10 years. So. Yeah. Well, uh, it's, it's certainly an interesting conversation and in the state of the, the CrossFit world is certainly in flux and in an ongoing change, but yes. for you guys, it's, it's cool to see that you're able to run a successful operation outside of that, right? We're not tied to the hardcore image that CrossFit gets or the oh. reputation that CrossFit has, has sort of carved out for itself. You guys yeah, we definitely focus wanna... on, on a grander picture than that. Exactly. Like we want to focus on, um, like we, t- we take our basically our interpretation of the original CrossFit, right? Like um, something that allows us to um, move properly and do well, but also understand that um, not everybody needs to do a perfect overhead squat, right? Or 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 do handstand pushups, right? Like um, like we can modify in a way that allows them to be equally as fit. And if they don't like being upside down, they don't like being upside down. So fair enough. Yep. <laughs> Right, like people. Um, exactly. It's just, it, it's just that it's um, allowing to like be fle- being flexible with our clients, and a lot because at the end of the day, what you want is you want your clients to come in, be happy, don't not feel like you're forcing them into something. Like not everybody's going to want to be a competitive CrossFit athlete, and we have our competitive CrossFit athletes who want to compete and want to do things, and we have a group of those people, and that's awesome. Um, but for the general members, that that may not be the case. They may want to get a muscle, but they may never want to do a, go upside down. for sure well uh, emiliano i think that's a pretty good place for us to start to wrap this whole thing up i think it's it's an interesting case study of how to survive in an environment where you you have a lot of things in your control and you have even more things outside of your control so i appreciate your time and and the insight before we sign out of here i want to give you the chance to tell people where they can learn a little bit more about this. Is there a website? What was the Instagram handle? Where can people find you? Uh, so our web, our web, our website is uptcrossfit.com and our Instagram handle is at uptcrossfit, at, at uptcrossfitmtl. And um, so yeah, it's pretty, pretty straightforward. Simple and straightforward. Yeah. Love it. Sir, I, I really appreciate your time. And, and like I said, I think anybody in the industry willing to to be a little bit humble and admit where we do have some deficiencies but also at the same time celebrate our wins that got us this far i i can't thank you enough for your time i'm excited to see what the bounce back looks like and hopefully you guys are able to be in the clear as far as restrictions so we wish you luck we wish you nothing but the best emiliano i appreciate your time thank you thank you for having me on and and to everyone who tuned in today thank you as well Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but... 
don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez. And joining us on the show today is a very special guest. It is a duo, kind of. It is Hannah and her seven-month-old baby, who's not born yet, but she's on the way. Or he is on the way, not so sure. Hey. She can probably <laughs> introduce him. Yeah, there we go. And it's Hannah with Hannah's Fitness. Hannah, what is going on today? Happy Tuesday. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good uh, just after 4th of July, so getting back into the work week. So nice, steady day today. Doing good. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Look, we're excited to have you on. And before we dive into the nitty gritty of what you have going on with Hannah's fitness, you know, first, Hannah, why don't you give us a little description of how you would explain the business to somebody, right? If I came in and I'm like, hey, so tell me a little bit about what you guys do here. How would you describe that to me? So I guess I'm just really, I'm really big on getting somebody started with a consultation, telling me exactly what they're looking for. I tell them exactly what I provide. And um, I'm really big on if it's not for you, I will be glad to refer you out to somebody else. But um, most of the time I've, I've, there's maybe been one or two other people I've sent uh, somewhere else uh, other than that. Um, we're looking at mostly weight loss, weight gain, muscle tone. Um, and then I also, I train a lot of athletes. I've been an athlete my whole life. So that's one of the big things that I do. I teach form shooting for basketball. Um, I can do all the speed agility stuff, but the specialty is basketball. That was my thing. So, so yeah, we, um, we do a lot and we just kind of make sure everybody feels comfortable and knows exactly what they're what I'm looking for, what they're looking for. And uh, usually it's pretty good fit. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's great. And I think uh, uh, that's what the basketball, yeah, basketball players who come on here prior, but that's awesome. And so, you know, um, for you, what's been the best method of getting people to come through the door, right? So your best marketing practice, what's worked well for you guys? So honestly, I mean, within the, just in this small little area, it's been kind of lucky for me within the past, I'd say six or seven years, I really haven't had to advertise much at all. Um, I just keep getting people coming through the door. And I think for me, it's mostly word of mouth because I make it so, um, I just make it such a big deal to, to let the, my clients know that, you know, I'm here for you and you give me any suggestions on what, what's going to keep it interesting um, for you to keep training. I always am throwing new things at them to keep it interesting for them. So I would say the biggest thing for me is just keeping it entertaining for them, not the same old thing, switch it up every now and then. And um, also I'm really big on making sure they're seeing results. So I will, uh, I do measurements, I do weight, and I also do pictures. Of course, those are optional, but I highly recommend them. That way they're seeing those results and that makes them more motivated to come back. A lot of people, they'll be working out for so long and they get so frustrated 
because they don't think that they're getting anywhere. Um, I think we've all kind of been there. We feel like we worked so hard and we haven't gotten anywhere, but then you look back and you notice that you have gotten gotten pretty far or realize, wow, well, you know, I'm able to run, you know, two or three miles and I couldn't even run a half a mile to start or something like that. So I think that's the biggest thing to, uh, to keep getting people through the door. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. That's great. That's great. And so, well, how many members are you serving currently? How many are clients? How many clients are you serving currently? Well, um, recently I just um, bumped my hours down to part-time because I am seven months pregnant. So we are kind of preparing of to, I just, I, I train all day, every day. It was kind of a lot for me being on my feet uh, that long. So right now I actually only have between, I'd say probably around 20 clients. 15 and 20. And that includes my class clients and my personal clients. So pretty small right now. Um, most of what I do is personal training, but I, I do a couple classes just to, uh, just to give people another opportunity, especially my personal clients to get in the gym another day during the week. Um, so they're doing enough. Um, but yeah, I'd say, I'd say around 20 and I'm only working about yeah. 20 hours as well. Yeah, no, totally fine. And so, you know, with having 20 clients right how do you go about the maintenance there right tracking right or, or you know just being able to understand where they are in, in terms of the the lifetime value or the fitness journey if you will because i think um you know understanding if they're on the way to camp if they're, well you know their package is about to expire how do you go about the tricks so as far as knowing, I guess, I guess knowing if they are, how close they are to their, to their end journey. Is that what you're saying? Like, how do I know if they're going to yeah. keep coming back? And so, exactly. so I, I always let my clients know as well that that kind of flows into the, um, I am not a pushy, pushy seller. I'm, I'm here for people who need me. And if they are, at a place where they think they're good to go on their own, then, um, then absolutely. I encourage them to do that. If, if they think they're in a place to do so. So I, again, when I start, I'll, I'll ask them what their, you know, short-term and long-term goals are, and we will kind of plan, make a game plan to how we're going to get there and where we're getting. And, um, I guess with each one of my clients, it is a little different, but, um, that way, when we have those goals written right out in front of us, we kind of both know when they're getting to the when they're getting to the end towards that final goal. But once you get there, um, it's very important that the clients know that you can't stop there. Um, you can't just go back to what you were doing before. You have to you have to either maintain where you are, or if they get there and they're like, you know what, I want to go a little further. I want to do a little more. Then we'll keep we'll keep at it. But a lot of my clients, I have clients who have been with me for you know close to. 10 years and they um they have initially i guess reached their ultimate goal but they mm -hmm. keep coming back because they want to they want to stay there and um they they don't want to backtrack and they know that if they're not a part of the gym that they're just gonna it's hard for a lot of people to keep that up at home or go to the gym and not have my guidance um so i i do think that um a lot of my longtime clients, um, they will 
get to their end goal, but then I kind of just let them know, you know, if you feel like you can go off on your own and do that, that's great. But um, a lot of them will stick with me because they know, <laughs> or they have tried to kind of let off or go back and try their own thing. And uh, they start to backtrack a little. And I let them know if you start to, even in the slightest bit, you start to gain a little weight back or you start to lose a little muscle tone, catch that early, come back to me. And, um, and that's what we do. And that's what I try to do with everyone really so far. It's been yeah. working pretty well. So. Yeah. yeah. You become a staple, right? I think you become you know, almost like this, this backbone that they don't realize that they kind of need you, you know, I mean, at least initially, right. Cause once you have those, those folks who, who become those lifetime clients, cause they realize like, well, uh, I need it. I need Hannah. So yes. um, I think that's awesome. I think that's great. And the fact that you're not, you know, so I think obviously that one thing I always live by, right. It's like, we, we run from the things that chase us. So when you're a little pushy, you're like, Hey, well you should stay or you have to like, and they feel obligated. That's the worst thing you can do. I think at that point, so, Hey, like, you know, you either learn the easy way or the hard way. You can stick around and, and, you know, come back and stay with us or, you know, go do your own thing and you'll realize they'll come back eventually, which I think is great. So, and, um, you know, Hannah, kind of a tough question, you know, because hypothetically speaking here, right? But like, obviously, if leads, traffic, clients, all this stuff is unlimited. I mean, what's your max? What, how much could you handle? How much would you, you know, or more, even better question, how much would you want to be able to handle on top of what you're already doing now? That is, that is a great question because I've, uh, I think about that a lot after I come back from maternity leave. Um, so there are just, there's a lot of options that I guess I've just began to brainstorm. Um, I have had probably close to, oh, probably between 30 to 50 clients at a time, uh, including the class and the personal clients. Um, I actually did just bring on another trainer. We're kind of doing a little test run with her, see how she likes it, how the clients like it. And I thought about possibly hiring in other trainers to come in and help with hours. And if that goes well, then I would be able to, to bring on a lot more people. So, I mean, I, I guess I'm kind of the type of person I just kind of go with the flow, honestly. So if I start getting too busy, I'll back it up a little bit and I'll just kind of stay there. And um, I guess... I guess for me, the, the sky is the limit. If I, if I want it to be, um, if I start getting super busy and like I said, if it gets too much, then I could maybe take a, take a, a trainer away or two, but, um, I would be, I would be perfectly fine with, um, maybe buying a bigger building eventually and growing into that. If, if that's something that, um, continues to work great for me so far, it has, I've already, gone from my parents shop I just started out in there and now I'm in a gym in Cary um downtown so I'm in a much bigger building than I was before so I mean if if things keep going well then yeah I would I would be glad and more than happy to keep growing and keep helping people because I mean it really just is it's just my passion now. I mean, I've gone through my own health and fitness journey and it is hard to work your way through that if you don't know what you're doing. So one of the, one of the greatest things is my clients coming back to me and saying, you know, with letters or cards or even just by mouth, they just tell me how helpful I've been and how important I am in their lives and how, how much I've helped change their lives. So of course I would, I would, love to keep growing as, as big as I, uh, as big as I can without being too stressed, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think that's the biggest thing, right? And I think, you know, obviously it's, I feel like it, it goes in two directions, right? You either get just facility or you go to this whatever it may be. Um, and I think it's really a matter of, of picking which direction you want to go to, right? So, you know, what's the bigger picture for you? What are you trying to accomplish long-term? I would say my, like I said, I'm a very go with the flow person. So this may change, but um, my long-term goal for a while now, which I'm slowly working to would be towards being able to be in the gym myself and help train people, having a few other trainers who, you know, I've, I've taken yoga classes in, in college. I took yoga courses. And then when I was in, I, I trained MMA for about a year and a half. And when, when I was in MMA, they would offer free yoga to the, to the fighters. So I've, I've been in yoga, but at the same time, I don't feel, I don't feel confident enough to, um, to take on a class. I, there's a lot more for me to learn in that, um, in that, uh, section, I guess of fitness, I would say, but, uh, I would like to have different variety for people to come in. So maybe a yoga instructor and different types of instructors, maybe, maybe, uh, some men feel more comfortable with a man. Some women feel more comfortable with a woman. So have, you know, a guy trainer, have a girl trainer doing different things. Um, and then a 24 access, I don't have that right now. So I thought a lot about doing either one of those little key fobs or fingerprint um, type of things and having a gym big enough to where people can come in around this small area and they don't have to drive so far away because we're kind of out in the boonies. <laughs> um, there's, there's really no, you can drive 20 minutes to Finley and you have a couple gyms there, a lot of smaller gyms, a couple bigger gyms, but I want to be out here where, you know, people can just, come up downtown and carry and um, they can get in, get their exercise in. And then if they need extra help, they can find whatever trainer they think fits best for them. So that would be a long-term goal for me, for sure. Um, bigger place, more equipment, getting people in and out as they please and being there for them if, if, if they need us. Yeah, a hundred percent. And so last two questions for you, Hannah, my two favorite questions, you know, um, in the fitness and gym industry, there's about three pillars of business that we, we typically use, and we've been discussing them throughout this whole entire podcast, and that's going to be your lead generation, which is your marketing, your client acquisition, which is your sales, and then your retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them to buy more from you in that process. So Hannah, of those three, where do you feel like you could improve the most? Well, I am a... Uh... I definitely think that there's always room for improvement in any aspect, honestly, but I would say, I would say probably, um, marketing because I, I think that I could bring on a lot more people if I, if I actually, you know, get to the point where after maternity leave, I come back, I think that marketing will be something that I, I do work on and need work on. Because like I said, for the past several years, I haven't been advertising at all. And it's a lot of word of mouth. And it's been enough for me. But I'm almost feel like I'm going to have to not necessarily start over. But uh, in a sense, I'm gonna not be training for the next couple of months, or at least a month. So I want to make sure that I get my 
past clients back and I'm going to have to probably build up some clientele there. So marketing has never really been a super strong point for me. Obviously it's better now that we have, you know, Facebook ads, everybody I feel like has a Facebook. So those are easy, but getting out there and putting up, you know, flyers and business cards and um, maybe even, you know, sometimes billboards, stuff like that. So yeah. I think that would be a spot where, where I could, uh, could and will need to work on in the near future. Yeah. yeah. I think everybody, I mean, look, at the end of the day, as a fitness professional, right? You're not supposed to be a professional marketer. You're not really supposed to know how to do it. Yeah. But I think the fact that when you can implement it correctly and do it at a high level, it does make a difference on the business, right? I think it's at the end of the day, getting people through the door is all you kind of really, need, especially with your personality, I can tell you, you just need those people to get through the door and then you can probably convert pretty easily, you know? So yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. And so, one last question for you, and it's my favorite question, mm -hmm. which is, you know, if, if you could go back in time to when you first started the gym and give yourself that one piece of advice that you think you really, really needed to hear when you first started, what would that advice be for you? Whoa. Okay. Um, I would say, I would say just, um, just for myself to, to not sweat it so much, you know, just let it happen. Let it, I just. I guess um, over the years, I feel like everybody deals with stress in different ways, but you know, my business, it was, it was just so, I guess, important to me and new for me. And um, I never did work under another gym. I just went straight out of college, playing college ball. Um, I didn't pursue the career. I got offered to play semi-pro ball. Um, I ended up coming home, getting married. And that, you know, I, I took that certification course and I actually did a hybrid course. So it wasn't all online. We did like an in-person thing and I got my certification, did the schooling and everything for it. And, and I knew that I wanted to be a business owner. So very shortly after we were, we had a mandatory internship, we had to do an internship in order to be certified. So that really helped. But, um, honestly, just, I would say the stress, I stressed it so much because I just knew that that's what I wanted to do. And it was so big for me that I was so worried about, you know, getting people through the door and people liking it and, you know, start just equipment. Equipment is expensive. I would stress about, I don't have enough or I'm not big enough. Um, when really looking back, like those were such great days, you don't need a whole lot to get started. You know, I, I had the open space for the shop and I had a little bit of equipment. You can go a long way with a, you know, a yoga mat and some dumbbells and a couple barbells to pass around between people. And, uh, you know, just, I guess living in the moment, living the moment would have been my advice to myself. Don't stress about, you know, getting bigger for the future and stress about, I need more, or I need to do more. I need more clients, you know, just live in the moment and enjoy that little, that little close group that you have. Cause everybody was so close and we had so much fun and, and, you know, that kind of continued on to now, now it's a bigger group, but we still have a lot of fun. And I'm, I'm certainly not, a you know, any huge gym, by any means, but uh, I've come a long way and it's still, it's just been a blast the whole time. So really I all the stress was for nothing. <laughs> so that would be my biggest <laughs> advice to myself is don't sweat it, just, you know, go with it. And if it's, if it's not working for you, there's always something else you can do, but um, you know, enjoying it and 
and having you and your, your clients enjoy it will probably end up to you being more successful, which what which is what happened to me. So trust myself, don't stress out and just live in the moment and have fun. Yeah, look, that's it. That's a mic drop of an answer there. <laughs> Way to close it out. Like it's a good place to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out here, Hannah, um, you know, please shout out your Instagram, Facebook website, anything you have. Where can people find out more about you and the gym? Yeah, so... Um, you can go into Facebook and type the the at sign and type in every day's a fit day. So it's all one word, every day's a fit day, 24. That's my fitness Instagram and my fitness Facebook account. Or if you're just searching my name, um, there might be other gyms that come up or other people that come up. But if you just type in the my fitness page's name, it's just Hannah's Fitness Training. Um, so yeah, that's my Instagram. That's my Facebook. And, um, yeah, it'd be great if people want to check it out, follow, learn things that I do. I, I'd be more than I've, I've listened to a few of your other podcasts and they were great. And I've actually followed some other gym owners and, um, you know, you learn a lot from other people. So yeah, that'd be awesome. There we go. There we go. We absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast and look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. Just stick around for one second if you can so I can let you know how you're going to get the podcast. I would appreciate it. Um, and to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you want to come in and join us, talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk fitness business with gym owners who are in the trenches changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today I'm here with my guest, owner of Endeavor Fitness in Invermere, British Columbia, Canada, Joanne Undershoot. Thanks for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. I am thrilled to have you. We have a lot to cover. So let's jump into it for, the, for our audience. Give us a little bit uh, overview of what Endeavor Fitness is all about. Okay, so Endeavor Fitness, we started in 2009. Uh, and at that time, it was a partnership. I took over the business in 2014. We started actually outside with outdoor boot camps. And um, it was one of the summers that it, I think it rained on us twice. So we were super fortunate to have the weather behind us. And we had a pretty good following. When um, So that was May that we started. Come September, 
we were able to go into a Kicking Horse Coffee building. And I don't know if you know who this massive, massive um, business is. But anyway, um, we were able to go into their little dojo and it was about a thousand square feet. But it was a great start for us because we got a price break and we we're able to build our clientele. Um, from there, we're kind of playing and toying with the idea of affiliation. We were doing functional fitness, um, but more in kind of a boot camp kind of style. And so we didn't become an affiliate of CrossFit until about 2000, and I want to say 2000, beginning of 2012. Then we realized that we're going to need a bigger space, so we moved down into the industrial area and um, doubled our square footage. From there, uh, the partnership uh, went separate ways in 2014, and I took the business over. And from there, um, we've been in the same location ever since. And we've been doing CrossFit, functional fitness, um, with a little bit of bodybuilding in there as well. All right. So I want to talk a little bit about where you are and to give our audience a frame of reference. Invermere is a town of only three, 4,000 people most of the year. You're the only CrossFit gym in your area. And like the next town over isn't like a five minute drive. You're sort of isolated as far as, you know, community, but it also makes you tight knit. So give us a little bit more about the area and how you feel like that's factored into the gym. Okay. So the district of Invermere is about um, 10,000 people. But it spans like, yeah, geez, how many, how many kilometers is, I should probably know this, but what it is, is that um, situated right in town in Invermere is about 2,900 people. And then you have Windermere, which is just outside of Invermere and Radium Hot Springs is about 14 kilometers away. There's 800 people there. Um, then you've got Panorama up on the ski hill. So you've got a certain uh, demographic there as well. So if you factor in the whole radius, it's about 10,000 people, but it is quite a drive um, from some of these locations. And some people actually do commute. Now, in the summertime, because we're definitely a tourist-based uh, resort town, um, the demographics will swell to about 25,000 people. And we have a surplus of people, mainly from Calgary, which is three hours away. So we're fairly isolated in the sense that you know, Banff would be the, the closest, um, I guess you could say, quote unquote, larger town. Um, and they're about an hour and a half away. And then there's Canmore and then there's Calgary. All right. All right. So in that area, basically at a certain point for the year round re residents, you must know close to everybody, yeah. one or two degrees of separation. They know you. So as far as, um, you know, some, some things that have, have gone on over the years, like the biggest thing that is in most people's immediate mind is COVID. So you're in a small town, there's provincial governments have all of these, you know, different rules. You're open, you're closed, you're open, you're closed. What was it like for you there in Invermere? Did you make any adjustments? Like what, what kind of things did you have to do during most of the COVID times? And did you take any of that out now with you post-COVID? Um, it, was, it was a challenging time for everybody, right? But um, luckily, um, I'm pretty good at adapting to change. <laughs> There's definitely stress that's involved there. But 
initially we didn't know how this was going to turn out in the beginning and there was a lot of fear right associated with it so when we had to shut down for the first time what i did and i know that a lot of other gyms uh did similar things as well is i did like a um kind of like a rent out your own equipment and then we did everything by zoom so i still taught all of the classes at the same times but they were all through zoom and then i rented out packages of equipment um and people just kept paying their same membership rate unless there was people that were also affected um some people lost their jobs um some people weren't working and so we had kind of we had special rates for those individuals but we also came up with a program that was called adopt a member an adopt a member was a program where anybody that could financially would pay somebody else's membership if they couldn't so they could keep going so it was really super creative um and we were able to get through that first initial phase of phase of closure now when we opened back up again it was like christmas time it was crazy busy like i think that some of my numbers comparative to the year prior were either right on par or even a little bit better right and wow. we're going along and we're thinking everything's great and we're over this big hump and this and that and then of course the fall hits right and it's back to closing again or back to on limited um uh limited member access um, we had to fo follow certain protocol and in my gym about 2000 square feet. I mean, I was at a point where I was teaching. Sometimes I was teaching double classes. I'd have uh, the local hockey team in and I'd have them on a separate program at one side of the gym. And then I'd have like, and that was about like 12 students and I have another 12 students in a class on the other side of the gym. So it wasn't, it wasn't um, outside the ordinary to have about 24 people in a class. You take that down to, you know, what was happening where we were limited sometimes to eight or 10 people because they had to have a certain square footage. Um, sometimes we could do higher intensity. Sometimes we couldn't do higher intensity. Sometimes we couldn't hold it as a class. So we had to have just open gym space where I provided the programming and offered quote unquote personal training to each individual. So we've really like adapted on the fly um several times <laughs> yeah it, it really sounds like it so now you're we're as post-covid as we can feel comfortable saying right depending on how yeah. superstitious we want to be but what do things look like for you now have you had you know, a good percentage of your clients return. Are you doing anything different with spacing? Some people found they liked going to smaller classes and gyms have adopted that. Like what's, what's it look like for you now? So for us now, um, people are, people know everybody in, in the class because we are a smaller community. They know everybody, everybody in town and stuff. So it's, you know, they're fairly, I would say most people are fairly comfortable um, working within, you know, um, close to proximity to other people, but yeah. we still have kept a 10 person class limit. If there mm -hmm. happens to be the odd occasion, there's an 11th person or, or 12th person, I'll, I'll do my best to fit them in. Um, we've kept, uh, quote unquote stations. So everybody has their own station. 
they'll go and they'll grab their equipment. They'll bring their equipment back to their station. We might share the odd thing if the, if like a squat rack, if everybody's comfortable with it. So what I have found is people have gotten more and more and more comfortable. And those people that were not comfortable to begin with, they left a long time ago. Um, I still, I still to this day operate a virtual class at 8 a.m. Monday through Friday. And I do have two to three people who are still renting out equipment at home that do the virtual class as well. But it's nice for some of my students that are traveling back and forth that they can just log on to that Zoom class anywhere that they're at and um, they can still participate with the class. So that's kind of what we have. And I have heard from the members too that they do enjoy the smaller class setting. Um, so that's, you know, great feedback too, because uh, sometimes there's individuals that will get lost in that larger class, right? Yeah, for sure. And one of the things that you said was that, you know, most of your clients at this point, they know each other, they know who they're working out next to, but it's also going to be some familiarity with you because you're, you're there 99% of the time. You're yeah, still right here <laughs> in front of them coaching most of the classes. So there's going to be some built-in trust with you that you're going to make sure that you keep them as safe as you can also, right? Yeah. And I mean, we took that take right off the bat that, you know, stronger people are harder to kill. And I mean, if you are eating well and you're training well, you have, you know, you're lowering your triglycerides, you're, you're in probably the best shape of your life. Um, your immune system you're going to benefit from that, especially when we're talking about any kind of viruses. Um, and the, the hardest part about the whole thing is, you know, it's kind of like half-assed backwards. It's like fast food industries can stay open, but gyms need to be closed. So, you know, regardless of our opinions about the whole situation, right? Everybody's kind of looked at it like, yeah, it's really important to make sure that you prioritize your health and your fitness so that God forbid, if anything does happen and you catch something, right, that your immune system is better suited to handle it. Yeah, you can tell that you're an OG CrossFitter because as soon as you said that, it's like old Mark Ripito line. He said, uh, strong people are harder to kill and generally more useful. So <laughs> that's one of those things. I've seen it on the walls of a few gyms too, but it's absolutely proven to be true through this pandemic and through some other things. So. Here you are, you're there, you're the face, you're doing all these things to keep it going, to, to keep people, um, you know, there's a mental health aspect, and we'll get into that in a minute, but also in smaller classes, we've seen a lot of people, clients realize, hey, I'm getting more attention, I'm making yep. more progress than I ever did, you know, there, you can have people like me who are just generally needy and want more coaching. <laughs> and then they get to say, oh, hey, this is better than it used to be. Yep. And, and more owners have been able to segue because our clients are not dumb. They, can, they know basic economics. Like, hey, like the owner doesn't have as many people. This is a better experience. I might pay a little bit more for it. So I know... You haven't raised rates in a long time, but as you are a little bit more premium, a better client to coach ratio than there used to be, um, you've got some ideas of how you, you may need to make some price adjustments slightly in the upcoming time. So what does that thought process look like for you? Well, um, initially, what I, what I did was, you know, we were fortunate enough that 
we were super creative. So financially we were okay, but I knew there was a lot of people that weren't. So what I did is I didn't raise any of the rates. I just kept them the way they were, even though I couldn't have the capacity and, you know, I, it's, it's been really tough. It's been really tough the last year, especially. Um, and so I realized that, okay, I need to do something. And then actually some of my students have actually reached out to me and said, said to me like, Jolaine, you need to raise your rates. You need to do this. And so what I, what I thought that I'd do initially, just so it wouldn't be so much of a shock is, you know, there'd be a slight increase in rates. But then there'd also be incentives. We currently have a six month and a 12 month commitment rate. So of course, if you're on a commitment rate, your rate is gonna be a little bit lower than if you're just buying you know, a monthly rate. Um, I don't have commitment rates for uh, individuals that are doing a two day or three day a week rate. So they just sign up for the month. Uh, so what I was thinking of doing was just introducing a three month commitment rate, which is also really nice for somebody after they've done their introductory classes um, and they're just not 100% sure you know, six months is a long time. They're new to all of this functional fitness stuff. And I thought, okay, well, if they can get a slightly better rate, sign up for three months, that's good for the gym. It's going to be good for them because they're going to see those results. And then maybe they'll be more inspired to have a six month or 12 month after that. Um, I, I had a punch card before, but what I found was, is, um, and I tell people this too, like when you buy a punch card and it doesn't expire for, a year or however long it is, you're not building consistency, right? So you're not necessarily seeing the results, but also too, it's really difficult for the coaches when you're that person that's coming in once every two months, right? So I took my punch card that I currently had, I went from 10 sessions down to five, changed it to an expiry of one month, um, just to, you know, incent it, you know, into like making it more of an incentive for that person to actually join a two day a week rate or a three day a week rate. And I actually, I have had, I have talked a few people into that to signing up two days a week, just based on the fact that they're going to get better results. Um, so those are just some of the things that I'm working with and then um, changing it so that if somebody still uh, thinks that one month might be where they want to go and they don't want to sign up for a commitment rate, that their rate will have to be a lot higher than the commitment rates. Right. Yeah. So encouraging people to start building that commitment, that yeah. regularity quickly so they can start to see results because that exactly. the sooner they get those wins and they get the high fives and the hugs and all the other stuff that comes with it, then, you know, you do it once or twice a week and you can forget, but you come a few times a week and you're like, this is, this is the coolest thing I've ever been a part of. And that's how we all get addicted to the CrossFit bug. So yeah, just encouraging more utilization and in, in making it so that they get, they get their feet under them very quickly. And then it sounds like you're okay either way. Like, Hey, do this, get a real feel from it. You're yeah. probably going to love it, but yeah. if you're not going to, I'd rather, you know, quickly so that our coaches, our community, we can put our energy into the right place too. Yeah. Well, we've always been a results oriented business too. Um, and that's what we're in the business of doing. And I mean, I will, cause a lot of people will be like, well, what's different from you from a regular gym? And I'm like, well, let me tell you what's different, right? Everything. What's um, 
Yeah, I, I'm the person that if you don't show up for a class, you're getting a text message immediately, right? And it's not just like, why are you here? It's like, you know, are you okay? Is everything okay, right? So you develop like quite a personal relationship with people. And I mean, you know, you help them through, you know, the bad times and to celebrate the good times. So when somebody's not there and you're just at like a regular global gym, um, their take on it is like, oh, well, we're making money and no one's using our equipment. That's great, right? Where when you're a small business owner and you're doing personal training and you're developing relationships with people, you actually care about them and, and how they're doing. Um, that's, that's something special. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So something we touched on earlier that I want to make sure that we can highlight here because I think it's super important for owners and for clients is we talked about these, the personal growth journey, the, the mental health aspects, the, the physical well-being that comes from it. We know that a lot of our clients missed out on it, you know, when gyms had to be closed. But for you as an owner, not being able to be in the gym, there was some some detachment there and, and things, you know, that affected you. So it was just as important for you to be there, not as much, you know, financially, obviously, for the health of the business, but for your overall well-being. So can you kind of tell us how those things tied together in your eyes for the members and for you? Yeah, it was, um, it was really challenging for me because I, like I said to you before, I felt like I didn't have a purpose anymore. Um, and, you know, I started this business in a partnership when I was 38. So, you know, I wasn't a spring chicken. And, you know, I, I was a district supervisor for a retail chain prior to that. And I was always, you know, working for somebody else and, and so on and so forth. But for this, you know, this has been something I've always been passionate about fitness and nutrition. And I just got a late start into actually following my passion. And, you know, when, I don't want to say it was taken away from me, but, you know, the brakes were, you know, was put on hold, right? Uh, you, you're, you're, you're getting up and you're like, well, you know, what am I going to do here? And, you know, you're thinking of all your students and you're, you know, like I, I can't help them. And, you know, everybody's going through this challenging time in their life. So, so yeah, it was a, is a big struggle personally um, and trying to stay self-motivated that, um, you know, the outcome was going to be positive, right? Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's a lot in that sense of purpose and that can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people, but you know, it's in the micro gym industry, whether it's CrossFit or personal training or things like that, it's different in a lot of instances, and I, I can't paint on everyone's canvas, than somebody owning a big box gym or a franchise. Or, a lot of those times, you get people who are just in the corporate world, they're investors. It's a spreadsheet. It's not, there isn't that personal interaction. Yeah, it's just, it's a job, it's a paycheck sometimes, right? It's a job, it's a paycheck. Whereas what I do, it's, you know, uh, you know, CrossFit owners, we're not making a lot of money right? We're like, we're not in it for the money. We're in it for, not enough. That's for yeah, sure. we're in it for the, we're in it for the people. We're in it for, you know, that person that, you know, learns a skill for the first time, that person that, 
you know, has been overweight all their life and they lost 20 pounds. That person that has never lifted weight before and they just did a 200 pound deadlift. You know, there's so many celebrations, right? And that's why we're in it. I mean, we still need to pay the bills, right? But, um, you know, that's, that's kind of what's, what is inspiring the actual, the owners, the coaches, is those kind of experiences that you're sharing with them. So, I mean, you know, for me, um, I, it's like, we have to always be strong to be strong for our people, right? And so it's a really interesting thing when you're struggling, you know, with your own uh, personal self, with just things that are happening, and you're the one that everybody's looking to and counting on, right? Yeah, you have to, as the, as the cliche says, says you have to make sure your cup is full before you can, you can pour into other people. And, and it's usually ourselves who, you know, we look at last because by nature we're givers in the business We're we're trying to spread everything and, and we get spread thin. So there there's, I don't know that we ever find balance in our position, but at least save a little bit for ourselves so that we can, we can do more for everyone else. I think is usually the most we can hope for. Well, I have to say too, like the positive thing that's come out of all of this, uh, you know, we touched on the class size and how the students are really enjoying enjoying like a smaller class size. But the other thing is, is like, I was working crazy hours. Like I would, I would coach um, four classes in the morning, twice a week. I would coach uh, the hockey team for two hours. Then I would train um, as a games athlete for two to three hours. And then I would start my kids class into a teens class into two adult classes. Then I was taking nutrition. Um, I was, I was taking clients on the side and doing one-on-one nutrition calls with them. And I had seven calls a week. I had uh, Tuesday, Thursday nights off. And that's when I do all my nutrition calls. And then on Saturdays I'd run an open gym and I would come in and I would also train on the Saturday. So I had Saturday night off and then Sunday I would do all my custom uh, personal design programs for students that wanted to, maybe they wanted to, you know, a little extra Olympic lifting or um, I, I coached two individuals for strongman. I coached another gal for uh, powerlifting competition. And then there was people that just, you know, they wanted to do more of a bodybuilding style workout and because I had 20 years uh, experience in that. Um, so I was designing sometimes up to nine different programs um, on a Sunday. So it was a full gig, <laughs> right? For sure. So this for me has, has kind of forced me to make a lifestyle change and stop and slow down and, and spend, um, spend more time doing other things outside of work, right? And, um, because of that, I now have a relationship. Um, I am enjoying not coaching as many hours. And I think it's really been good for my own health, right? Yeah, I could imagine. So I think that's a great way to, to kind of bring this full circle is we know what it used to look like. And we know what things look like for you now. What's ideal? Is it somewhere in the middle? Like if you could, if you could paint a picture of where Endeavor is a year or two down the road as all the dust settles and 
you know, things start to kind of shake out the way they are, would it look exactly the way it is now? Or are there some other areas where you'd like to make a couple of tweaks and changes, things like that? Um, <laughs> that's a good question. And, uh, you know, still contemplating that as well. And there's no bad answers, no right or wrong. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, I would say where I'm at right now is a really good place to be at because I'm able to give what I can to my students and I'm able to also have a personal life. And I've, I haven't had that in a very long time. So um, the way that everything looks right now, the only thing that I would say is I need to, you know, tweak a few things with the smaller class sizes, like you were saying, and, you know, increase the rates, authorize, keep offering great, like exceptional coaching. And, um, yeah, I, I, it's, it's a really good place to be. So, I, I mean, at that aspect, I don't really have, you know, I don't have any complaints. Um, and I feel that because I'm not working myself to death that, um, I'm, I, yeah, I'm just in a better space. So, you know, that's the huge benefit that's come out of all this. There's been a lot of hurdles, but, but there's been a massive win, right? Smaller class sizes for the, the clients and more personal time for, you know, the gym owners. Yeah. More, yeah. more balance and yeah. basically a silver lining in uh, what's been a, you know, the COVID dark cloud reorganization for a lot of people. You're trying to find as many positives as you can in it and just, yeah. just keep adjusting as you go and figuring out what's going to make you the happiest and, and just kind of take it as it comes. Yes. All right. Well, Joanne, we are just about out of time. I do have one more kind of philosophical question I want to hit you with. As far as we talked about the future, but I like to look back and it's always interesting for me to see how what we come across and the similarities. So you've been doing this as an owner since 2009. You've been, you've competed on different stages. You've had partnerships, you've been sold a lot of things. So I never ask anybody to change what's happened, but if you could go back and give yourself any piece of advice or any one lesson, is there anything that stands out um, that you'd, you'd like to tell yourself somewhere in the past? Uh, make time for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I see a theme here, Joanne. Yeah, there's a, there's, a, there's a theme here, right? Because, yeah, you know, I, I got caught up in the crazy work harder, work harder, work harder, not necessarily work smarter. And, you know, just like spreading myself really, really thin and just not really taking enough time to myself. So, like, that would be myself going back. And, but I mean, like, sometimes you need to hustle, right? And, um, when I started the business, it was a huge risk that I took in a very small town. And if I didn't do the majority of the coaching like I did do, um, I, I don't know if the business would have made it until, you know, I built up that reputation, right? So I, would I have done something different? I don't know, right? Because I am where I am today and I'm still open. And, and you, you're smiling. You seem happy yeah. with where things are. You're you're yeah. not, you're not being a, you know, a gloomy Gus and woe is me. It's just like, Hey, let's take this. And next day we're going to run with it. And we're just going to keep doing it. Exactly. 
All right. I love it. So for our listeners, before we let you go, if they want to find out more, follow you, follow Endeavor, what's the website? What are the social media handles? Where do they check you out? Okay. So our website is just under Endeavor Fitness and Endeavor spelled without the U. Um, and I'm really original. You can find me just under my own name, uh, Instagram, um, Facebook, of course. Uh, Endeavor Fitness also has its own Facebook page. Um, also, it has an Instagram page. I'm personally on um, TikTok as well. And I'm on uh, Snapchat as Badass Babelish. <laughs> right? And uh, our email is endeavorfitness at live.com. So lots of places to find me and message me. And for, for our American listeners, it's endeavorfitness.ca not.com, correct? Exactly. Yeah. Thank you for that. It's all right. I've, I've had my fair share of Canadian website uh, browsing. So I've, I've made that mistake. You could get somebody completely different otherwise. So endeavorfitness.ca, there's a million places to check it out. Check out Jolene, check out Endeavor. Um, heck, if you can go in person, I think that uh, she's in one of the most beautiful places in North America. So do that too. Drop in on her. Joanne, it's been a pleasure having you here today. I appreciate you making some time for us and I wish Absolute you continued pleasure. success. And I, I wish you that you can come for a visit soon. <laughs> that, yeah, if I could get out there, I will be a happy camper for sure. So um, for our listeners, we don't want to forget about you. We appreciate you being here. We hope you found value and inspiration in listening to Joanne. If you'd like to hear more stories, hit the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep changing lives, keep working hard. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.